You're listening to an audio message from The Well, a gospel-centered church family in Hastings, Nebraska that exists to grow disciples and glorify God. For more information, please visit www.thewellhastings.com. Heavenly Father, I just thank you. I thank you for your presence in this place. I feel the Holy Spirit here. I know that, Lord, you are moving in this place, and I'd ask that you'd allow me to come alongside of you as you do the work. Uh, Lord, that I would just be your mouth. I just You would use my mouth to do your will and to share your word with all the hearts that are here. Open our hearts, open our eyes, open our minds to your word. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Last week we did Psalm 39. I told you about how, what I thought of your pastor. No, don't tell him. Because, um, yeah. <laughs> but... Um, we did Psalm 39. Now we're going to move on to Psalm 40. Um, Psalm 40, verse 1. I waited patiently for the Lord, and He inclined to hear and to hear me, and my and hear my cry. He brought me up out of the pit of destruction, out of the miry clay. He set my feet upon a rock and made my footsteps firm. He put a new song in my mouth. A song of praise to our God. And many will see and fear the in fear and will trust in the Lord. How blessed is a man who has made the Lord his trust and has not turned to the proud nor to those who lapse into falsehood. Many, oh my God, are the wonders which you have done. And your thoughts towards us. Uh, there is none to compare with you. If I would declare and speak of them, they would be too numerous to count. Sacrifice, meal offering, you have not desired. My ears, you have opened. Burnt offering and sin offering, you have not required. And then I said, Behold, I come. In the scroll of the book, it is written of me. I delight to do your will, O oh my God. Your laws within my heart. I have proclaimed glad tidings of righteousness in the great congregation. Behold, I will not restrain my lips. O oh Lord, you know. Have I have not hidden your your righteousness within my heart? I have spoken of your faithfulness and your salvation. I have not concealed your loving kindness, your truth from the and your truth from the great congregation. You, O Lord, will not withhold your compassion from me. Your loving kindness and your truth will continually preserve me. For evils beyond number have surrounded me. My iniquities have overtaken me so that I am not able to see. They are more numerous than the hairs of my head, and my heart has failed me. Be pleased, O Lord, to deliver me. Make haste, O Lord, to help me. Let those be ashamed who humili and humiliated together who seek my life to destroy it. Let those be turned back and dishonored who delight in my hurt. Let those be appalled because of their shame, because of their shame who say to me, Aha, aha. Let all who seek you Rejoice and be glad in you that those who love your salvation shall continually, 
It shall say continually, the Lord be magnified. Since I am afflicted and needy, let the Lord be mindful of me. You are my help and my deliverer. Do not delay, oh my God. Those are words that were penned by a great king, King David. Um, we talked last week, we talked about waiting on the Lord as well. As it starts off this week, as we wait patiently for the Lord. And he inclined to hear my heart, to, inclined to me and heard my cry. Waiting patiently is not something that I do well. And there's a whole lot of people that seem to wait patiently, but what are they waiting on? No, um, I don't wait patiently for my wife to get ready to go someplace. <laughs> I'm not patient about going shopping with her. In fact, we never shop together. Uh, if she walks into Menards and I find out she's there, I leave. <laughs> I'm just not a patient man. I want to get things done. I have to, I'm tall enough, I walk into a store, I look over the top of the deals, and I see what I want. I go there, I grab the first one, I get out the door. I try that. Uh, God's made that a little bit different for me because now when I walk into Menards, people know that I'm a Christian man because I don't keep quiet about the Lord's, what the Lord's done to me, not even there. And I'll talk about Menards a lot because it's the only store. <laughs> Nothing else you need anywhere else, I don't think. Um, but God's allowed me to share just the little bits and pieces of myself, which turned me into kind of the pastor that walks around in, the, in Menards. And people will come up to me and just ask me to pray or tell me terrible things that have happened in their life and ask, what should I do? And... It's only because the Holy Spirit has given me some discernment and given me a little bit of insight to what's going on. I listen to what people say, and it's easy to counsel back into that without claiming any benefit, of, nothing to myself, but uh, giving an answer to all kinds of problems. It's because I'm in the Word. Um, that waiting patiently on the Lord, that comes from being patient and reading your Bible. It comes from being patient and waiting for God to reveal to you what he's trying to say. There was years and years I never looked at commentary or Bible or study Bibles because it was somebody else's view of what I should be hearing. And some of that's a detriment, especially when you're going to come try and preach. But that's trusting in the Lord. That's, that's putting... My trust in the Lord that what comes out of my mouth is something that he put into my mouth and allows me to share that with other people. That's, that, David didn't have a whole lot of, uh, he didn't have a whole lot of written word to check into. He had some. He had the law of Moses. He had some stories, the Old Testament stories about creation and um, Israel and all of the, the Exodus and all of those things, he had that, but I don't know how much of this was something that he could actually access, because he was hiding most of, most of the story of David, he's hiding from Saul. So we've been anointed king, and he still has to wait to take his throne, and these are the things that, that he's, he's talking about in here. 
Um, he brought me up out of the pit of destruction and out of the miry clay. He set my feet upon a rock and made my footsteps firm. If, if you found yourself in a pit, I'm not saying that everybody has, I have. If you found yourself in a pit, if you've been walking through part of your life and you just feel like you're slugging along and every step is just a, just a trial, that's that miry clay. God wants us to be on a firm foundation. He wants us to be on a rock. The only rock that I really know that's in the Bible is Jesus Christ. They talk about the rock a lot in the Old Testament. David talks about the rock quite a bit. I think he had premonitions of things to come, but he had also that, that feeling that he had a, a, an inner being or an inner feeling that this was going to be part of his lineage too. So God allowed him that place that he could take that stand. Um, he put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise uh, to our God. Many will see and fear and will trust in the Lord. When we're known as a Christian person and we have that attitude of gratitude that God wants us to have, we have that attitude that no matter what happens, God's on my side. He loves me, cares about me, cares for me. He's my protector and defender. That's that new song. People hear that song even if you're not singing. When I'm singing, it's probably pretty raspy and stuff, and then uh, more sound like Leon Redbone or somebody, you know, that you can't understand anyway. But God understands that. And to him, that's beautiful. So he put that there and wants me to project it back to him. When I do that with my life, people see that. And there's a fear of the Lord. People that really have a problem with the Lord stay away from me. And they just do. There, I have enemies that have attacked me, just like I talked about later on here. I've had enemies that would come up against me and challenge my Christianity and say, if you're such a good Christian, why did you do such and such? How come yours this this is the way you act? Why do you do these things? Because I've saturated myself in a word, I've steeped myself in the word, the answers that come out of my mouth to those to those questions are biblical. I don't plan it that way. I'm not a chapter and verse guy, but I've steeped myself in the word enough that the word is part of who I am. So my language, my answers, my speech come out that way. This is what we, as a, as a congregation, need to be able to do. How blessed is a man who has made the Lord his trust and has not turned to the proud nor to those who lapse into falsehood. It's real easy to lapse into a falsehood and money's going to make everything okay. It's real easy to lapse into falsehood that drinking will calm the nerves and soothe the pain. Those things are falsehoods, and maybe they work for a short period of time, but they are not God. They cannot fill the hole that you have inside of you. And I'll say that definitely, we all have that hole. The day we were born, it was planted in us a knowledge of something greater than ourselves. Then the world has spent every day since you took your first breath to tell you that's a lie when it's the truth. It's the truth. 
Uh, I've, heard, I've heard a lot of people say, oh, I got this thing inside of me I just can't fill. It's this desire that just won't be met. Well, they're looking in the wrong place. I forget because I wake up in the morning, I fill up that hole with the Word of God. I put Jesus Christ right in the spot where he needs to be. I forget that I've done that because it's become commonplace for me. I look to the Lord for those answers. Uh, many, O oh Lord, are the wonders you have, which you have done, and your thoughts towards us. There is none to compare with you. If I would declare and speak of them, they would be too numerous to count. When you're in the middle of the mourning process after you've lost somebody, when you're shocked about losing your job, when somebody hacked into your bank account and took everything you have, when a bill collector shows up and says, no, you've put this off too long, I'm taking your house. It's hard to remember all the blessings that the Lord's given us. It's hard to remember, but those blessings are always still the same. No matter what your situation, they're still the same. There's so many of them, we can't count them. Try someday just to make a gratitude list and start with, I got a sock on my right foot. Man, you got to go backwards from there. I got a right foot. There's others that don't. And they're blessed because they got a chair or they got a crutch. There's a blessing in everything, no matter how big or how small it comes. I, like, I, I get confused with the magnitude of the blessing that I get and the importance of it. Because the smallest ones are the best ones. You know, I have a lot of friends. I have a lot of acquaintances. A lot of people that know me that I don't know. But the blessing of grandchild, an infant child, that small little person means way more than a whole bunch of great big people. No. And they don't even talk to me. I mean, they don't talk back, too, so. <laughs> yeah. But it's the love that, that just pours out of this person. And it's because I pour love into this person. It's what God does with us all the time. When he's pouring love into us, we are supposed to be pouring it back out to others. Sometimes we need to hang on to as much of it as possible. But I'm not exactly sure where it is, but it alludes to, if you try and hang on to it, it's like trying to hold oil. You can't. You know? uh, the only way to get more oil is to share it with somebody else, and then it spreads out. And the, the, the effect it has is much different than the effect it has when you just pour it into yourself and keep it. <clears throat> so counting those blessings is something that we really should be doing. Uh, let me see. Sacrifice and meal offerings ha uh, you have not desired. My ears you have opened. Burnt offerings and sin offerings you have not required. This is part, this is one of my favorite subjects in the Bible is about the, te the uh, Old Testament sacrifices. Solomon s sacrificed so many people the day that the temple was, or so many people, so many animals, don't sacrifice people, 
Um, he, say, he sacrificed so many animals that the streets ran bloody. And it was, he had to have another altar, another place to burn the offerings because there wasn't enough room for them on the altar. That's how that sacrifice was done. That was never accomplished a second time. But actually what Solomon did was what the law of Moses required. And they never kept, they never completed it twice, only once. Um, it's because that wasn't God's point. He didn't really want dead animals. He owned all those animals that got slaughtered. Um, I have, I've, I've got a belief that uh, in Jerusalem that the church had become so corrupt by the time Christ showed up that sacrificial lambs would come in, they would take one and sacrifice it and take 10 and sell them again because they were making money off of this and they were filling their own pockets with that sacrifice, which this would have been a huge sin, but everybody else is doing it. You know, Abe did it and he didn't get shot down, he did struck down by lightning, so why can't I? That's how they made a profit off of selling these things. And that's why you could bring, well, bring your money in. We'll sell you a perfect lamb. We'll sell it to you. Look, they're sacrificing your lamb right now, but really it's back here behind me because I'm going to sell it to the next guy. God did not want that. He knew we were going to be corrupt. He knew we were going to take advantage of those things that he's given us. He doesn't want that. What God requires is in uh, Psalm 51:17, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart the Lord will not despise. He wants us to sacrifice of ourselves. Our spirit is what draws us into prideful thought that we can do the things that we shouldn't be doing. We can talk ourselves into anything at all if you don't believe that, just check history a little bit. Jim Jones, Adolf Hitler. How many of these guys, they thought they were doing the world a favor. They really had to convince themselves that this was the right thing to do. And it happens over and over again. Politics is the same way. It happens over and over again. But when it comes right down to it, the only truth is right here in this book. And it tells us the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit and a broken and contrite heart. When I realize that I've done something that hurt, that hurt God, that went away from his will for my life, it brings great sorrow to me. I really feel ashamed and bad about that. But I have to realize it first. If I don't look at what the word's telling me, and I don't get convicted by what I'm reading out of this book, then I can still talk myself into anything. I can justify every action that I take, but God sees my heart. He sees my heart. My heart's broken for many, many reasons. Um, I, I was a little bit dishonest with you guys last week. Uh, as I was preparing to do the sermon last week, one of my good friend's mother died. 
and I felt really compassion for him, and I needed to minister into his life. So I changed my message that I was going to give last week. The next day, a close friend of mine, and I'm close with his family and his parents, he died in a motorcycle accident in Colorado. Uh, his brother had died a year ago, a year ago, almost within a week, a year ago, of suicide. Um, that changed my story. That changed my, my sermon. Dealing with his parents changed my sermon. The night before, I had other things come to me that I can't mention right now because they're not public knowledge, but they're horrible things that have happened. And people come to me to minister into their lives because I'm a prayerful man. They see a little bit of Jesus in me, and they, they need that. So it was really difficult just to give a message last week. It's made tonight, today, it's a little bit difficult to do that because my heart's broken over those things. But that's not the broken heart God requires. The broken heart that God requires is that I am not listening to him. I'm not doing what he said. I'm not stepping up and telling people what God's done for me. It talks in here about to doing your testimony and be ready to give that testimony. Um, I proclaim glad, I have proclaimed glad tidings and righteousness in this great congregation. Behold, I will, I will not restrain my lips. Oh Lord, you know. Everybody in this room has a testimony. If you're this big or if you're this big, you got one foot in a grave, or if you're just brand new, you've got a testimony that you can tell if you're willing to do so. It doesn't mean you have to get up in front of a whole bunch of people and tell a whole bunch of people everything bad you did. I've done that, I'm absolutely unblackmailable. That's what a freedom that is. Because everybody knows, I, I'll tell you all my stuff, the worst parts about me, I'll tell you all of it. Because I know I'm forgiven from that. I know that God's got my back. and. No, what are you going to do to me? Oh, you're going to kill me? <laughs> I'm going home. Oh, you're going to torture me? Uh, there's been lots of others that have been tortured way more than what you can do to me, and I'll probably die from it anyway and go home. Uh, I wish I could be that cavalier about all of it. I'm really not. But having that testimony and being ready to explain your hope I'm not sure where that's at in the New Testament, but it's in the New Testament. Be ready to tell what God's done for you. Because he's done things for you even in the middle of the worst things that have ever happened. God's been there because he loves you. He's been there for non-believers in those same situations too. But as believers, we're required to minister to other believers and be priest to them. When I talk about my love for Christ with somebody that's a non-believer, I'm trying to get the effect of them understanding enough to open their heart, accept salvation, and be one of my brothers or one of my sisters in Christ. That's something that I'm trying to get accomplished. So I just stepped in the way of Jesus. I just stepped in the way of the Holy Spirit, and I tried to take over and make something happen. 
This is confusing, being Christian. I'm not really sure that I ever get it right. I'm not really confident about that I am doing what I say I'm doing. You know, I'm not really sure about that until I've done those things and I can't remember what I said. I can't remember how I, how I responded to a question or how I preached something. If I can't remember it, I didn't do it. All right? And it's not like Beavis and Butthead. No, you didn't see me do it, so I didn't do it. No. It's, I didn't do it. The Holy Spirit takes over inside of me. It takes over my mouth. He takes over my heart. He takes over my mind because I'm saturated in the Word and all of those things can come right out and the right thing gets said. It may not be agreeable to everybody in the room. It may not be the right thing for everyone in the room, but somebody in the room needs to hear exactly what the Spirit put out of me. I have to trust that. As soon as I sit down after saying that, I'll, I'll get pastor's remorse, which says, I'm never going to do this again. Uh, I refuse. I'm, you know, so Joe calls me again. I'm just going to tell him no. Um, and then Joe calls me again. I say, oh, yeah, okay. Uh, because it's more pastors quit on Monday than any other day of the week because their sermon didn't have the effect that they wanted it to have. It had the effect that God wanted it to have. Pastors don't get up in front of you and start preaching without God's permission. Nobody's putting authority without God knowing exactly what's going to happen and who's going to be affected. So that's all in God. So if I get it wrong, it's his fault. <laughs> More freedom. <laughs> Think about that. If everybody knows all your bad stuff, nobody can convict you of anything. And if you're trusting God to take over your mouth and all the other stuff, if you do something wrong, you really didn't do it. <laughs> you know, it's, I know the right thing to do. I just don't do it. And when I try and do the right thing, it's the wrong thing, and I can't figure that out. Paul lived a life like that. And we respect his word as the written, unfallible word of God. Oh, um... David's the same way. David's life wasn't pristine. He had enemies for a reason. Oh, he did some stuff that he really didn't deserve to be called king over. Um, it's amazing when God calls David a man after his own heart. Because God's heart's broken and contrite. And David's heart was broken and contrite. Even in the midst of the sin. The sin with Bathsheba the loss of that child that came about because of that sin. David was brokenhearted and contrite. He didn't, um, he didn't fall into mourning after the child had died because there was nothing he could do anymore. There's nothing he could do anymore. And he knew that and realized it. I thought I'd get off on rabbit trails that I shouldn't go down. Um, but when, uh, let's see. Speaking to the congregation, your congregation on people around you. If you're a Christian, I just told you, you are a minister to other Christians. You have a responsibility to bolster them up with your experience with God. And it doesn't matter if you became a Christian yesterday or if you've been a Christian since zero to five. You have a responsibility to share that with other people in your congregation. 
when others outside of that see that that is what promotes the gospel more than here, let's go through the Romans road and I'll tell you, this is how it's done. You know, oh, I did a great job with that. I remembered every verse. I got it all out. I got it all out. And people look at you like, uh, all I asked is where's Walmart? Oh, uh, I'm guilty of I'm guilty of doing that. Sometimes, well, where's Walmart? Well, follow me and I'll show you where Walmart's at. Oh, how do I get to this place? Well, I'll take you there. Doing those things, those kind of act of godly love to people that are outside the church, that does more than sharing the gospel with them does most of the time. Because they see, why'd that guy be so nice to me? I, I would have never gone five miles out of my way to take somebody I didn't know to show them a place that they wanted to go. I wouldn't do that. Uh, I remember being that man that why would I, why would I even answer your question? I'll just ignore you and walk away. You want something else from me, leave me alone. Um, I'm in a mindset that, it, that as a congregation when I have opportunity to share in a Bible study or a prayer group or anything like that, when I have an opportunity to share what God's done with me, I don't have to tell all of my stuff. I don't have to take over all the time and tell every dirty secret that I have. But there's going to be hurting people in there that are going to, I'm going to be able to relate to some of their pain. Uh, God didn't put me or you or anybody else through the things you've been through so you had to go through something painful. He's done it because he's building that testimony in you. And he's building that right up to the day of your death. He's never going to stop doing that. He builds that up because somebody behind you really needs to know, really needs to hear it. There's, you never know when you make a phone call how much difference that that, that could make. Uh, there's a whole lot of times, this, the guy that died, his name was Sam, he died a week ago Friday. And the first thing I thought was, man, I should have called him the other day when I was thinking about him. I remember the things I didn't do. I don't remember the things I did. God forgives the things that I didn't do. I don't. I take that on and that's painful. Um, if you have somebody in your life that you're estranged from, tell them that you love them, even if you don't like them. Let them know. If there's somebody that's hurt you in a church or in any congregation, let them know that you love the Lord enough to love them too. You don't have to say it that way, but I love you, I care about you. Those are good things to say even when you're angry, even when you don't like the person. Because God calls us to love others, and it's he loves us. He loves us when we're completely unlovable, and you know that, I hope. And everybody, you're going to find a place where you're completely unlovable people. There's things that happen, things that you do, things that you say that are absolutely not worthy of any respect at all or love or any of the grace of God. I am just testifying about myself, but I know it's true about me, and I know that uh, it's only because I'm a human being. And if you guys are human beings, still got a belly button, we're in the same boat. Uh, 
let's see. Uh, for my evils are beyond number. Um, beyond number have surrounded me. My inequities have overtaken me so that I am not able to see. They are more numerous than the hairs of my head, and my heart has failed me. Be pleased, O oh Lord, to deliver me, and uh, make haste, O oh Lord, to help me. I cry out to the Lord when I find myself in those places, and he helps me. That's being a broken spirit, having a contrite heart, reaching out to God and saying, I did it again, Lord. And he say, what? Again, you did it. Uh, you're forgiven. He doesn't remember. He doesn't remember our transgressions. He forgives those. Let those be ashamed who have uh, together uh, yeah, and humiliate, humiliated together uh, who seek my life to destroy it. Let those be turned back and destroy or dishonored who delight in my hurt. There are people that will delight in your hurt. And David called for their destruction. I don't believe that he was really calling for their destruction. I don't think he was calling for them to be dying to themselves so they would stop that kind of attack. You know, Absalom tried to take his throne, chase him out of Jerusalem. He had to go hide from him. And when Absalom died, David mourned. And you, this, you see it in the Bible where Absalom, Ab, Absalom, Absalom, my son, my son. And that's all he could say. And it offended everybody in his army and everybody around him. But that was a love that he had for somebody that hated him. Even though it was his son. Um, you may not have the amount of children he had. You may not have the throne that David had. But there's people out there that want to take away what you've got. And if we can love them through that, that means our heart belongs to God. And he will honor and respect that. I'm getting way too long here, and uh, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and wrap it up. <laughs> Let all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. Let those who love your salvation say continually, "The Lord be magnified." So when we're in love with the Lord, we continually magnify his name we call on jesus name if you're in the middle of an argument a battle or anything i suggest say jesus now this is one said three times do it purposely don't do it in anger don't do it cussing it's horrible to do that cussing i've done it i do it but you call on the name of jesus in every situation calms it happens over and over again. Middle of an argument, you stop and you just talk to Jesus just a little bit. Say his name. There's something about it that calms things down. I don't know what it is, but it happens. So that's magnifying the Lord. Since I'm afflicted and needy, let the Lord be mindful of me. You are my help and my deliverer. Do not delay, oh my God. David started off waiting. And then ask God to not make him wait any longer. He still waited. He still waited. So be patient. 
know that the Lord loves you and that I love you and that the word is our salvation is in the word. Jesus Christ is our way to the Lord. Through him, we'll get to heaven. We'll sit on thrones with God as adopted children of God, never, never be turned away, ever. Thank you, guys. You're listening to an audio message from The Well, a gospel-centered church family in Hastings, Nebraska that exists to grow disciples and glorify God. For more information, please visit www.thewellhastings.com.